Hello and welcome to the Caffeinated Creators Podcast, the podcast that gives you a glimpse into the lives of rising video and TV creators. I'm your exasperated host, Jake Zebley, drinking a cup of coffee and a very large sound booth in the Klein College of Media and Communication with today's guest. Before I let him speak, let me give you a rundown of who our guest is. Our guest is a junior media studies and production major at Temple University. He is an aspiring video editor. He has been on the crew list in various positions for Temple Update and Owl Sports Update, which air on TUTV. He has held two internships, one with the Temple Owls football team and another with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's one of the first people I met while getting involved with Temple Update and Owl Sports Update. And did he mention that he works for the Flyers? Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Charlie Yukowitz. It's great to be here. Really excited. I'm glad you could come in today. Uh, so you do work for the Flyers, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that a couple times. Did huh? I? <laughs> um, so how's your day been so far? Um, you know, there's been a lot that's happened today. I don't really know if I can give a full answer. It's just kind of, it's been a lot. I could I could say the same thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go home and sleep and do laundry. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. What you have for lunch? Uh, I had some leftover pizza that I ordered from the weekend, so... Where's it, where was the pizza from? Oh, Philly style, of course. Uh, okay, so you're not... Are you, do you mess with City View at all? Uh, you know, I do sometimes, but, um, I don't know, I just... I found the one that I like, so I don't need to, you know... Well, Philly style is good. I'm just, I know there's some people who, <laughs> oh, won't, yeah. who won't do City View and there's some people who won't do Philly style. I mean, I don't see the whole, like, politics in pizza there. But <laughs> it's like, all pizza, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not going to, like, sit here and say no to City View, but, like, if I'm choosing, I'm going Philly style. And that says a lot because it's actually further from where I live, so. So uh, let's hop right in. Uh, let's right. talk a little bit about you. Where are you from? Where'd you go to high school? All right, so I'm from a little town called Horsham. It's about 35, 40 minutes away from, from Temple. Um, and, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to say. It's a suburb of Philadelphia. Um, had a, I went to Hapro Horsham High School. It was, you know, kind of run-of-the-mill high school experience, I guess. Uh, uh, while you were in high school, was there any sort of media program that you there? Did there was. Um, and, you know, I didn't really get involved. Like, I was, like, slowly dipping my toe into that as the years kind of progressed. And actually what forced me to go in and get more involved was I actually got hurt playing hockey. Uh, a little foreshadowing for where I would go later. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I actually uh, had my – in my senior year, I had a uh, – I, I call it my career-ending injury, but uh, – I, I broke my wrist in two different places, and I was done for the year, and I was like, okay, well, what should I do with my time now? I like camera stuff. I like doing video stuff, so now's my excuse to get fully involved, go head in, and uh, dive headfirst into it. And uh, for my senior year, I was doing all kinds of stuff for HHTV. It was, it was a lot of fun, and that's why I'm doing this stuff now. That's awesome. So you guys did, like, morning announcements and such? Um... They didn't do the morning announcements. We mostly just covered, like, sports. Okay. Um, our morning announcements were kind of weird. Our principal used to do them over the loudspeaker. A lot of places do <laughs> do that, but so I wouldn't call it weird. But Oh, uh, well, I didn't mean to, like, offend anybody. But, no, like, I, I wasn't backtracking. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, uh, I don't know. It was, like, as someone who was involved in, v in media stuff, and, like, I was, like, I always kind of felt like, like, like a little bit of like a cockiness, I guess, of just like, oh, we could do this and we could do it better than they're doing it, you know? Fair enough. Um, so you're a transfer student, correct? Correct. So I actually wanted to get into that. Um, I, my, I spent my first year of college at uh, Quinnipiac University. 
And usually when I say that, people give me the double take. They're like, what did you just say? That wasn't a, that wasn't a word. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Quinnipiac is actually a Native American name. I wish I remember what it stood for. I do not, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's in Connecticut. Uh, it's in the middle of nowhere. And, it, it, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just there's not a whole lot to, to do there. I was kind of bored. The media program was great. But um, there just wasn't a whole lot else out there. So I was like, you know, I was sitting around winter break and I actually didn't get into Temple the first time that I tried out of high school. I was rejected really. Uh, it was really sad. Um, but uh, I really, you know, I had some friends at Temple and they were really talking it up. And, and, and like I was sitting at home on winter break after like finally seeing these people again and like just really started thinking about it and so I sent out my application to apply again and uh, about like three weeks later um, I heard back and I had gotten in nice and at that point it was just I needed to get out of Quinnipiac because I was bored and I like you know I I had a couple of friends there but I was kind of shy I wasn't really talking to people I kind of feel like maybe doing a gap year would have benefited me because I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do but, like, you know, I did well enough in my classes to have a good enough GPA to look good on an application. So that's uh, how I got back to Temple, where I really I feel like I really do belong here a lot more than I did at, at Quinnipiac. So that was kind of that little chapter, I guess. I got two questions about that chapter. Okay. So you kind of said how there was nothing around, but, um, like, what was there to do? There? So... When you could do things, what were the things that you did? Uh, there were a lot of house parties, the frats. I was going to say, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, them. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean, you're in college. You know what they're like. It's it's kind of skeezy a little bit. But, like, you know, you kind of look past it because this is what everyone does. So it's just kind you just kind of go along with it. But it wasn't really my kind of my speed or anything. I gotcha. And it was in the middle of nowhere, like I said. So, like, unless you had, like, a legal ID, you couldn't really go out to, like, the bars that were around or anything. So you kind of were just stuck on campus, and it's, you know, it's it's a really small school to begin with. There's probably, like, 4,000 kids there in total. And it's just, like, I mean, it was cool, I guess. They had a really good hockey team, which drew, drew me there. But, um, and, like, the media program was really good. But it just wasn't the right fit. And it's a hard decision to transfer, but I am eternally grateful for that decision because it has paid off in huge dividends since I got here. Absolutely. So then uh, the other question that I have is um, you said you didn't really know what you wanted to do. So right. what were did you consider other things? What were some of the other things that you were considering doing? I mean, they were all kind of under the same umbrella, I guess, but I didn't have any specifics. So you knew that you wanted to do media, but you didn't know what right. you wanted to do in media. Right. Okay. So like I wanted, I was in the film program there. Okay. So like I wanted, I was looking at directing, I was looking at video editing for that. Um, you know, being a radio host always sounded like a fun idea as like, just like a dream on the side. When I was in high school, I did, uh, color commentary for, um, for the uh, the one other anchor that we had at the time. So, like, you know, broadcasting, being ac the actual talent was part of what I was looking at. But then it became abundantly clear that I was terrified of the camera, so I stopped looking at that. So I was kind of just trying to see where I fit into everything. And uh, I actually produced for a little bit at Quinnipiac as oh, well. Nice. 
and uh, we did this show. It was like a thirty-minute uh, sports talk show. We like would we would pitch these topics to the to the host. We'd have a host and two anchors who would debate, and then it was kind of difficult because we would have to. There was no script, so we still had to stay in the thirty-minute block, and we would do commercial breaks for every like seven minutes. But we had to like it was ha- all improv. Improv, like I mean, I guess it was it was like half and half. Like they okay. would have notes, they would pick Got, a side okay, before, yeah. but like they wouldn't like they weren't reading from a prompter. No, we the host had a prompter to pitch the topics, and that was it. Okay. So <laughs> when you finally transferred down uh, to Temple, uh, what was the first thing that you did at Temple, like uh, activities wise? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that I did was Al Sports. Okay. Um, That's how we met originally. Yeah, that is how we met originally. Um, I met Nick Roche on the first day on campus that I was here. I don't even know how I pulled that off, but I met I found him because he's <laughs> he's not as difficult to find as uh some would think, I guess. But uh I found Nick Roche and he immediately started talking about Al Sports update. Um and he's like, well just come down to a meeting and see what we can do. And I'd like told him about my producing at the other school and um so I was just really excited to get involved. I wasn't as scared as maybe some of the freshmen might be on the first day because I had already done a whole year and I could say that I was a producer. Yeah. So I was ready to just jump right in and get involved immediately. And uh, what actually happened first was their football show that they do. Inside the uh, Nest. Yeah, yeah, Inside the Nest. Needed someone to go out and film the uh, press conference that the head coach does. The live shots. Yes. And uh, they needed someone to go out and, like, set that up and do that. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll do that. Not really knowing what I was agreeing to, but that's what I had heard a million times from these professionals, that you're supposed to just say yes and figure it out later. That's how I got into graphics. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I I did that, and I had a blast. Um, Met some really cool people through that. And actually met the uh, people who would end up hiring me at Temple Football through that, too. So that was pretty cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty, this is a good experience, uh, something I had never done before that I can now say that I did some live stuff for that and it was really cool. So then, uh, did you do any other activities, uh, once you were in L sports? I mean, did you go to, uh, Temple Update at all? Update Now? Any, any other, like, TV shows? So I didn't really get involved with Temple Update at first, especially for pretty much the whole first semester that I was here because I was doing the live shot stuff, and then I was helping out uh, graphics for Al Sports. That's oh, yeah, we you were on, on the white team. Yeah, we were the, uh, the the I guess... The, the cherry and white. We yeah. were the... I was cherry week, you were white week. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised that I didn't remember that. Me too. Older. <laughs> just blacked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just not all here today, I guess. Um, no, uh, I was the uh, white team graphics coordinator... Uh, we just kind of like made some full screens and some stuff. Minor graphics work, but it was still fun. Um, getting those texts late at night of which graphics need to be fixed and updated at like two in the morning before a show. But you know, it was fun. Again, I was part of still trying to figure out where I wanted to be, and I decided that I didn't really like graphics that much. So that I, I guess that's part of it is just like okay, that's good to know that this isn't what I want to do. And so that was like, still a good experience. I still enjoyed it, but I was like, maybe maybe I, need, I could find something a little bit different. And I was like trying to bounce around and find a bunch of different stuff. 
Okay. So then uh, while you were in Temple Update, I mean, you did yeah. get involved with it. What have you done with them? Um, I mostly helped out with uh, with Update Now and the Spanish show Update Aura. Um, I did a lot of like, like just like production jobs and studio work and stuff like that. Cause I really, I really like the hands-on, like the physical work aspect of stuff. The producing stuff was like, I was never really the best writer. Okay. So like that didn't really fit for me. And like, I really just liked being physical with the camera, like getting it to zoom in and everything. And and like TDing and actually being able to push the buttons and do all the stuff and make it all happen. That was really where I thrived. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, that was pretty, it was pretty fun too. Do you do any other activities outside of TV? I mean, not like your internships or anything like that, but do you, are you on any like club sports teams or do you do anything else? Uh, not really. I don't usually have the time Fair enough. at this point, yeah, uh, I guess especially you. now with the internships that I have and everything. But uh, I always thought about it. Um, what would you be interested in doing then? Like, if you had thought about it, would it be, like, club hockey, I'd imagine? <laughs> or no? <laughs> uh, well, I wish. Um, I still kind of have some lingering stuff from my wrist injury, so I can't really do club hockey or too many sports things because anything that involves catching a ball with your hands or doing anything like that, I kind of yeah. can't really do that much. I just but, can't uh, catch a ball to begin with, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I struggled with that too, so... Um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess if I could do anything, um, I don't know. I guess um, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I guess I'd find something if I wasn't doing this, especially because I can't just sit at home and be by myself. That's not doing anything is terrifying to me. So I'd probably find something. So you always, so I mean, like, you're always, you're doing some sort of video thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, either video stuff. Sometimes I guess I play video games too. So I guess that would probably be taking up more of my time if I wasn't. So I guess that's kind of like an activity. Yeah. Nice. So kind of taking a step back from all of this um, and like back to your high school and like your career ending days, <laughs> um, like what originally got like sparked your interest in media and broadcasting? So I actually had an English teacher in my ninth grade class who was the TV guy. He was the big uh, guy who got He's like the the teacher part, and then there was like another person who was just in charge of the of like operating the TV channel during mm-hmm. the day when yeah. everyone was in class. Um, his name was uh, Mr. Thomas, and uh, he's basically like I used to joke and call him my Yoda because uh, every time I had a question or something, he would help me out. But he basically was the uh, he was the freshman English teacher too. So, like, I had him, and he would, like, pick the people that were, like, that, like, caught his attention and be like, hey, join my club, join my stuff here. So I was lucky enough, and, you know, he's one of my favorite teachers that I've ever had. So, like, I do do not say that sarcastically. I was lucky enough to get picked uh, by his, like, I guess natural selection or whatever you want to call it. I guess, Um, well, I mean, he saw something in you. Yeah, I, I... I don't know what he saw, but he definitely saw something, and he was right because here I am doing all this crazy stuff now. But um, yeah, no, he picked me out, and he was like, "Hey, you should come to a meeting and do video stuff for me." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds interesting." So I tried it out, and I took his uh, film class, and then he had two TV classes, and then there was a broadcast journalism class that he offered, but he actually left the school before I had a chance to take it. So I actually missed out on that one. But, um, 
Yeah, that was also a really sad day, but we don't need to talk about that right now. That's fine. We don't want to bring you into news. <laughs> this is a happy moment. Um, so what keeps you in broadcasting now? I mean, I shouldn't say broadcasting. I have it written down as broadcasting. Right. But what keeps you in doing video right now? Um, like, what do you get from it? For me, having being able to make something that, like, thousands of people can see and them being like, wow, that's really cool. Or just, like, in general, like, just that people's eyes are seeing the stuff that gets made. Like, for me, that's cool. No, and that's, like, that's, that's kind of, like, my answer as well. Oh, cool. And, like, um, like, like, for me, it's cool because, like, with the flyers, the stuff that I make, I, like, get to see the people react to it. So it's, like, I get instant feedback on the stuff that I'm making based on how loud they cheer or whatnot. And that's really cool because, like, they don't know that I'm, like, I guess they don't really think about it so much. You kind of get a little nervous and, like, that little smirk and then... Yeah, like, especially at first. I mean, like, now I I don't want to say that I'm used to it, my stuff going up there, but, like... It definitely doesn't hit me as hard as it did the first couple weeks that I was I, there. But I like, mean, that's kind of with anything. Oh, but. yeah. But, like, I do remember, like, the first time one of my things played and, like, 22,000 people got to see it, like, immediately, it's like, it, it takes you, it takes your breath away a little bit and you're uh-huh. just kind of like, I hope they like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wish you could see the look that he just made because it's like, that's the look of, like, any, like, you're waiting for a reaction. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's definitely a moment where you're like, where you're worried if like, I mean, I'll get into it in a little bit when we start talking about it, but. No, go ahead and talk about it. I mean, my next question was like where, I mean, we kind of already talked about where you <laughs> work, so I mean, yeah. let's just keep talking so about I, it. All right, so. So uh, give a description of what you actually do. So I work in the game presentation department for the Philadelphia Flyers. So what we do is basically you go to a game. And there's a lot of... Everyone's there to watch the actual game that's happening. But there's a lot of downtime when there's, like, stoppages and when they're in an intermission or whatnot, and that's where we come in. So basically, if you're watching, like, the... We do the the show on the Jumbotron, like, the big screen. Like, all of the cams and stuff? Yeah, so we'll have, like, probably approximately 10 to 15 cameras, and we'll have... Uh, all kinds of stuff going on and then my group of people do the pre-made videos that get played throughout the game and stuff like that so what I tend to do is the like highlight video style type stuff so specifically like they'll play like there's the big video that gets played before the game starts to get everyone fired up and crazy and it's really heightened and cool looking and then they have these smaller ones that happen in the intermissions right before the next period will start. So I get to make some of the ones that play before those periods start. And they're ice projections, correct? Well, so they're both on the ice and on the oh, screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's like a little bit of an element of like, I hope they start playing at the same time so that they're synced up and everything. Uh huh. And there's like, if the, cause if they're not synced up on one of them, then the music is going to be off. So it's, it's like all like everything has to be precise and, it's nerve-wracking and it's crazy, but you get the hang of it, I guess. And when it looks good, it works really cool. It works really well, and it's really cool. So, uh, how many Flyers games have you gone to as like an intern? I guess as an intern, I've been to most of the home games, and we're what are we at like sixty in the season? So I'd say probably like twenty-five to thirty, I guess, this year. Okay. 
roughly, give or take a couple. But uh, I try to go to as many games as I can because I'm a huge fan as well. So, um, so let's talk about your other internship um, with the uh, Temple, uh, Temple football, football team. Temple yeah. football team. Yeah. So for that, um, is less exciting than the Flyers one for sure. But um, for them, I just shot their practices during the spring last semester um, or last year, last spring. Um, and so what I would do for that is I would like run out with a monopod and like a tiny little handy cam and just like hold it up above the practice over like they're, they're doing their sevens on sevens, which is basically just like the lineman and the defense. And they just like line up and then they hit each other. And, uh, and I'm like standing there like 10 feet away with like, it looks like a boom pole. Yeah. Like trying camera on the end. Right. Trying to, trying to not get hit by anybody just trying to get the closest view that I can. Uh, that was definitely exciting because, um, cause, you know, it's it's like you, you don't want to get hit, yeah. but you also want to be able to look into the viewfinder and see that the shot looks good. So it's like you have to be, like, constantly, like, looking up and looking and all over the place. And then when you're done shooting all that, then you have to get it cut up into nice little pieces for the coaches so they're not just looking at guys standing around for 20 minutes <laughs> waiting for the next drill. So it's, it's a lot, but uh, it was very fun. Uh Definitely a different experience than anything else I had ever done before. Uh, let's move back to the Flyers real quick. Um, okay. What's your opinion on Gritty? Oh, I love Gritty. Really? Yeah. I mean, I love him too. I mean, I don't see really <laughs> as like, he's the worst person in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, but. no. Um, it, it was very interesting being on the other side of like, you know, I knew that this was going to happen probably two months before it happened. And, you know, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody, so I'm, like, sitting on this secret. And it's like, I've only been working for the team for, like, two weeks at the time when they told me about this. So they're like, oh, yeah, and also don't tell anybody, and we'll know that it was you, because if it gets out, then we only told, like, we only told, like, ten people. So if it gets out, then we know it's a real short list of people who told. Uh So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I can't tell anybody that this... Like, and I didn't even think at the time that it was going to be that big of a story because I hadn't seen what it looked like yet. <laughs> so I just, like, I was like, I guess we're getting a mascot and, like, it'll be, like, people are going to talk about it. I'm, I'm sure, like, I know Flyers fans because I've been one since I was, like, two years old. May I also know he's wearing a Flyers sweatshirt right oh, now. Oh, of course. It's Every- Flyers everything all day, every day. But- <laughs> everything that I own is Flyers, so... Uh, yeah, there's, that's, that's just the only way it is. But, um, yeah, so, like, I hadn't seen what it looked like for a while, and I just assumed, like, I'm like, it's a mascot, Flyers fans are going to hate whatever they put out there, and it's just going to be what it is, and then they'll get over it in, like, two weeks. And that's, that's just what it is. They're going to bitch about it for two weeks. Can I? Yes, you're allowed to curse you. Okay. This this is for for you more than me, but you're allowed to say whatever you want. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So they're going to bitch about it for like two weeks and then like, it's going to be a forgotten thing. And like, you know, it'll be, it'll be whatever. And then came the day, it was media day when they were shooting all, they shoot all the players for, they do it for NBC Sports Philly. They do it for everybody. And it's like this really cool footage. It was a really cool shoot to be a part of. Uh, they get a lot of like smoke on the yep. ice. They turn the lights out, and it's like they have the screens and everything. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool to be a part of that shoot because we actually brought a company in to do that, and it was it was really cool to be a part of that because they um like they they shot on uh, red, which was cool because I had heard about those, but I'd never seen one in person before. Um, 
and it was just really cool to be a part of that. And then, of course, after all the players are done, they bring Gritty out, and this was the first time that I got a chance to see Gritty. And, um, you know, I thought, my first thought was everyone's first thought. I'm like, he looks like a deranged Muppet, you know? <laughs> like, it's, but, like, you know, my boss is standing right there, so I can't, like, you know, share my opinions openly with, um, with just, like, in general. I was like, I can't, you know, talk about this because... Like they, if 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 I disagree with anything that they do, they're gonna they're gonna hate me and they're gonna let me go immediately. <laughs> like, so I was like, all right, well, they know better than I do, I suppose. And you know, sure enough, they announce Gritty with that picture and the it me hashtag and everything, and um, you know, everyone like explodes on Twitter, and I'm just like sitting here at temp. I was at Temple that day. So, like, everyone who knew that I worked for them was, like, coming up to me and being like, what happened? What is going on? Like, what is this? And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this is just this is just how it's going to be, I guess. And I actually talked to, uh, I don't know if you remember Zach Demedio from yeah. uh, Al Sports yeah, last yeah. year. He actually uh, uh, DM'd me on Twitter that day and was like, dude, what is happening? <laughs> um... And so I was like, I asked him, I, I was like, I don't know how long this thing is going to last. They might have to pull the plug on it. He's like, they'll be lucky if they don't pull the plug before preseason is over. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I, I was mean, very optimistic, I guess. I mean, everybody kind of got over it. You said, like, everybody's going to forget about it in a week. It was like two days <laughs> turnover. Yeah, I mean... Well, people didn't forget about it. No, so no, no, not forget just, it. Like, they just accepted it. They were like, yeah. this is the worst thing in the world. And then two days later, they're like, he's a he's a gem. He's a Philadelphia gem. <laughs> well, I think it's funny because what happened was, um, it was very noticeable. What happened was the New York radio stations, like Sports Talk on, in New York, started, like, talking the same kind of smack that we were. And... If you know anything about Philadelphia, we're allowed to talk smack about our our brethren, I guess. But as soon as anybody from out of town starts doing it, we have to claim our own, you know? Uh So I feel like that kind of became the mentality of Flyers fans where it was like, we can make these jokes, but when other people start to do it, we know that they're not joking. So Gritty is our disgusting-looking beast, and we're going to... We're gonna we're gonna love him better than anybody else, and I think that's kind of what happened. And you know, the rest is history. Now he's an icon. <laughs> so, what are you working on right now, right this minute? Personal, if you're allowed to talk about it, work. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually working on this cool uh, concept that my boss actually did first, but I kind of stole from him a little bit. I actually did one of these already. I'm working on the second one that I've done now. Uh, basically, when you go to a game, they have these noise meter prompts that are like prompts to just get the crowd to make a lot of noise and go crazy. And, um, you know, we wanted to do something that was a little bit like more than just like your generic 3D After Effects project. So like there's definitely that part of it. But um, what I'm working on right now is kind of combining that with movie clip footage and uh like that we're licensed and allowed to use and everything and then also some like game footage and some other footage of fans and kind of morphing that all together so it'll be like a, a like a get loud and then they'll it'll have like a shot of like a player do like lifting their arms up in like a in like a gesture kind of way and 
all kind of like so in like a. It's kind of like at. Sorry to cut you off. It's kind of like at the temple games where they have like the players like when they do the t-shirts or whatever they have yeah. them tossing around the t-shirts. I, yeah. So like it's it's sort of like but the way that we're doing it was is with this like like intense crazy EDM track. So I'm kind of like intercutting it to fit the beat of the EDM track okay. and like so it's gonna be really like. Basically, it's, like, as close to giving you a seizure as possible without actually doing that. But uh, but that's good, because if it's intense, then it means it's going to get people crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really good at flirting the line. Or I like to think that I'm good at flirting the line with as close to seizure as possible. <laughs> it's, it's a very fine line to walk, might I say. Oh, yeah. No, it's... It, the thing that you have to remember is that the screen is so big... It's even like the jumbotron screen. Speaking of the screen, oh, yeah. fin- finish what you're gonna say. And then... <laughs> um, the uh, the jumbotron screen is so big that like a lot of the little intricacies of, of like what's in your sequence actually gets picked up on because you can actually see everything. So the flashing and the like all the crazy effects get seen really well. So it's really cool to operate on such a big surface. And speaking of that, I know it's where about you're gonna to go. get bigger. Yeah. I saw a news article the other day that the flyers are in inve- or the Wells Fargo Center, excuse me, yeah. not, not just the Flyers. <laughs> well, um they're in Comcast Spectacor um are investing in like a four K half the size of the arena screen with crazy trusses <laughs> above it and Yeah. So it's actually the first of its kind. It's actually a dynamic screen, which means that it's gonna it can like compress and like get bigger, like animatronically. Oh, like physically. Yes. So like it's on. It physically moves. It, get, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it moves up and down. It has like a beam that also moves up and down, and then the screen itself moves outwards. And like so, it, what the, I think the 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 first idea was to have it so that they could put it up in the rafters and have it compress real nicely up in the rafters. But um, I think what we're gonna try to do with it, and I don't know for certain yet, but I think what we're gonna try to do with it is do something with uh, like the video elements to make it when it comes down and have it be on one screen and then have it slowly get bigger and have it grow into this big thing. And it's kind of interesting because it's like no one else in the world, I guess. Um, gets to work on a screen like that and uh, I'm only 21 years old and now I'm getting to operate on an industry standard or industry first even that's crazy it's insane I can't wait so as a 21 year old uh, what do you have as aspirations for the future I mean you mentioned that you want to be a video editor that's kind of like a broad I I asked for a fill in the blank and you gave it to me (laughs) but Aspirations for the future, Where what's kind of like the dream job at the moment? I know it's fluid because it's definitely changed <laughs> for me, but like dream job, dream location, etc. Well, I'm very happy where I am right now. Um, if I could stay doing what I'm doing right now, I feel like I would probably be very happy because um, I'm combining like a couple of my favorite things. I'm doing the kind of work that I love. I'm with the team that I grew up watching, and I'm in a city that I grew up in, like it's all kind of, and it's for the sport that I grew up playing and loving, you know, it's kind of like a nice, happy marriage of all of that. So I guess just like moving up in the department that I'm currently in, but I mean, I guess that's kind of like a boring answer. So like, I'll also say that, you know, like <laughs> I would be like, I want to be working in this industry that I'm in this like specific niche. So like, 
Like I'm the not, fan experience. Oh yeah. Okay. Because um, you know, I've found that like, and I've like I've worked with news with like with Al Sports, and the 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 caveat that comes with that is there's not a whole lot of room to be creative. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of room to really go outside of what the small box that they put you in. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I wanted to be able to I, – I remember when I first started getting involved with the news programs and stuff where it was like I could see that I was using this program that had all these features, and it was almost like they were – the people who were in charge of me, the producers and directors and everybody, were telling me, to stay away from all the cool stuff and to just use the basic stuff to make it look as clean and nice as possible. And, like, for good reason, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. But part of me always wanted to, you know, play, I guess. Yes. So being able to work in fan experience, like, it's all about... It's all creative. Yeah, it's, every, it's all about everything has to look different. Mm-hmm. So you basically have to reinvent the wheel every time you're trying to do something. if it looks the same, then nobody's going to pay attention. Right. If it looks the same, if it sounds the same, it all has to be different because it has to it has to be, like, gripping. It's also kind of nice to have a little bit of the pressure off because people aren't really showing up for us. We have to kind of remind ourselves of that a little bit just so that it's not, like, too much stress on us. But, like, you know, if things go wrong, it's not good. And obviously we want our shows to be perfect and everything, but, like, they came there to watch a hockey game, and we're just there to kind of enhance that experience. What do you have to say to people? The mic is now yours. You may address <laughs> the caffeinators. Say, I like to push audio sliders. I like to go for long walks on the beach. This is The time is yours. So I guess kind of the whole, like, I guess my philosophy in general is just it's oh, it's infinitely better to go out and try for things than to sit back and wonder. So, like, like immediately I, my first thought is the decision to transfer out of Quinnipiac. I had a hunch that I didn't like it there. And, it's like, a lot of people, I'm sure, listen, like, I don't know how many people listen to this, but I'm sure that a lot of people go through those thoughts where they're, you know, two weeks into their freshman year and they're like, I don't know if this is for me. But a lot of people probably just sit back and don't really act on those feelings. And I guess I'm here to say that it's important to do that because I'm a lot, like, at least in my experience, it's been a lot better for me now that I, like, you know, took my, my instinct seriously and just kind of went out and did things. It's all about action. If you, if you, if you sit back and you wonder, then you'll never know. If, at least if you take action and it doesn't go your way, then you know that it wasn't going to work out. Sit back and wonder, and you never know. Exactly. Very well said. <laughs> Thank you. So now it is time for the keystone element of caffeinated creators. The I, I don't think capstone is the correct word. That's why I said keystone. <laughs> um, so as the title entails, it's caffeinated creators. Uh, so okay. how many cups of coffee do you think you've had in your entire life? Oh, it's a very short list because okay. I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I don't really drink a lot of, like, caffeine in general. Oh, man, you're not allowed to be a guest anymore. <laughs> We're <laughs> deleting right, everything. Goodbye. All right, I'll just uh, see myself out. Um, uh, probably, like, 15 15 cups of coffee. Yeah. That's I don't nice, even... Nice I, had, I number. literally brought up the calculator. I was ready to crunch <laughs> the numbers. But here we are, and you've only had 
15 cups of coffee. I would say that my coffee consumption goes up about 400% for the year during finals week, Fair and enough. then that's about it. So you said you don't really drink much other caffeine, but when and if you do, what is it? Oh, I go iced coffee. Okay. Um, and I guess there's caffeine and iced tea, and I drink that a lot, so that, that counts, I guess. So iced tea? Sweet tea? Lemon tea? Uh, I like I like lemon tea. Um with a little bit of sugar, or just like just a little bit. Yeah. Try to you know keep the physique. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I drink way too much iced tea. That that might be more. We could keep the calculator up for that one. Well, then uh, how many? So let, how many iced teas <laughs> do you have per week? I'd say probably four to five. So let's go with five. Uh, high All right. Ball. Yeah, we gotta nice. we gotta go for the interesting number, right? Two sixty a year. How many how many years have you been drinking? that consistency I like the idea of round numbers let's say 10 oh boy here we go 2600 2600 2600 well I can't add this to the list and I can't make a comparison because this is the first time we've done iced tea yeah uh, (laughs) my buddy my buddy Keith did root beer so I had to come up with something a little different than that fair enough but uh yeah um that number is definitely higher than I'm sure that it is than the actual number is. But, but this is a very arbitrary. We'll go with that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have anything else to say at all? Um, I feel like I've seen this on a cat poster, but hang in there. It, uh, it's definitely a cat poster. <laughs> uh, you know that is the cat poster. One of the things that um, that actually Mr. Thomas taught me is that people are never as sad or as happy as they kind of project. So if you kind of so if you kind of apply that inward instead of thinking about all the millions of other people that are out there, if you apply that inward, if you're feeling really sad or whatever, just know that it's probably not as bad as you think it is. So just kind of just like try to stay focused on what you're trying to do and I needed that. Well, I, that actually I helped me. <laughs> I literally just applied that to myself. Thank Great. you. I needed that. Well, I'm glad I've already had an impact. I'm going to take the mic back, and I'm going to say something. Today, we are sitting in, like, the Holiday Inn of recording <laughs> studios. I, it, it doesn't matter that you, you've gotten this far into the podcast, but we're not in the Klein College of Media and Communication. Whoa, <laughs> scandal. Uh-oh. We're here in the Tech Center at Temple University. It just doesn't have quite the same ring in the intro. But we're sitting in here, and this thing is... I can put my arms out twice, and there, could, there might as well be an indoor swimming pool in here. You <laughs> could fit a whole continental breakfast in here. Literally, when I record the other <laughs> podcasts, like we're sitting side by side. I'm not kidding you. It is cramped. But in here, this is like... It's a dream. So I might start recording in here. <laughs> I'm glad that I got the uh, inaugural special treatment. Well, we just started, I, w- I wouldn't say a tradition. We started, a, 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 and a ritual is even worse of a word. Oof. I don't know. I'm brain fried right now. <laughs> anyway, well, that's it for our show today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go follow Charlie on his social medias, which he's going to plug right now. All right. So on Twitter, it is at uh, C. And uh, on Instagram, it's Charles underscore Yankowitz. So pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Better follow me. Go follow Caffeinated Creators on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CAF Creators. And follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Jake Zebley. Signing off saying stay safe. This is Jake Zebley for Caffeinated Creators. Somebody sponsor this kid.